My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Squanderlust, the podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions, and what we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. This week on Squanderlust, why avoiding looking at your bank balance doesn't make you a bad person. And why a little bit of courage will start taking you a long way with your money. Anyway, slight, slight flip on the norm. Yeah. I'm driving the Squanderlust at bus today. Boop, boop. <laughs> Martha's usually jumping in, but this is a topic that is very close to my heart. And I really, it's its actually an awful topic. We're going to talk about shame, which sounds so dreadful, but, like, but I really like it. No, I really like it as a topic. It's um, something that I sort of started learning about as a concept about uh, maybe five years ago. And it's really fundamentally changed the way that I approach many different things in my life, which is why I find it so important. And money is definitely an area of shame. So <laughs> many people. Yeah. We we've we've definitely said, don't be ashamed, don't be ashamed. Yeah. It's been such a cry on this. But let's dig into shame yeah. today. What exactly it is. So the the way that I learned about it was through the research of a woman called Brene Brown, who has done two very popular um TED Talks, which you can walk, watch online, mm. are totally worth your time, although Maybe, you know, wear something cosy while you watch it because it, it completely like it just sort of blew my head open when I when I learned about it in a kind of, oh, my God, my life is terrible. But then in a good way of like now I can sort myself out. So uh, I found it quite moving. But, um, she's also been on Netflix quite recently. Yeah, as well. she does have a I haven't watched that actually, but she does have a bit mm. of a, is it a documentary or a series or something? Yeah. Yeah. So it all comes from from her and she um, researches shame. Um, so she spends all day in this stuff. And she defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. So it's basically intensely feeling that you're, you're unlikable and unlovable and that you don't belong somewhere. Ugh. Yeah, which is something that everyone feels except people who are psychopaths um mm. everyone has uh, shame feelings unless they're incapable of of emotions and it's just whether 
you can mitigate it more or less. And that's something that you can work on to get better at. And that's something that I've worked on to get better at as well. Brene Brown talks about shame as a perception. It's how we see ourselves through other people's eyes. So it's a very kind of mm. internal perspective while looking at someone else, might how you know they might look at you. It's very externally referencing. It's about our place in society and what other people think of us. Fear of being thrown out of the village. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Of not being part of something, mm. of being shunned, of being thought badly of. She talks about it separately from guilt. So mm. guilt is, I did something bad. Shame is, I am bad. Sort of intrinsically, I'm a bad person. I didn't mm. just do a bad thing. I am horrible. Everyone dislikes me, mm. that kind of thing. And it, it's very closely, I'm, I've seen it very closely related to should language. So when I get into should mindsets, that's usually when my shame is starting to come through. Do you want to give us an example of should language? Um, I should have a proper job and not be a freelancer. It's a big <laughs> one. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, you should have an emergency fund. Yeah. I, sh- I should have a steady income. Bigger than my few hundred quid I have right now. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah we're going to, a little bit later, get well mm. into shame and money specifically. But yeah, to, yeah, to sure. kind of build out some of the research that Brene Brown has done. Yeah, so what does shame look like? How does it kind of turn up in our lives? How do we spot it? Brene Brown talks about the warm wash of shame, so that weird feeling that you get when, um, mm, yeah. I don't know, that sort of cold, hot, weird skin feeling that you're like really like massively embarrassed because embarrassment, like, again, related to guilt. Embarrassment yeah. is I did something bad, but shame is more than that because it's I am bad. But you're like, I can, as I talk about it, I can almost feel the feeling and it's yeah. nasty. It, there's a, it, I don't want to kind of, it's almost like your whole body has weed itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's really gross. No, but... that is it. That is it. Um, we went there. But it's a good description, so we're going to run with it. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Anyway, let's not think too much more about that feeling because it is quite nasty. And it shows up um, from the research that that Brene Brown has Mm. done, it shows up differently um, along the gender lines. Mm -hmm. So for women, shame drives us to think that we have to be nice, thin and modest and use all of our resources for our appearance. So there's a lot of shame around... You know, body shame is a well-known mm. phrase, and that's exactly it, um, around how you look, how you dress, um, mm. whether you're too loud, whether you've got too many opinions, you know, all that kind of thing. And for you men... you too many people. Yes, exactly. Very much around whether you're demure and contained. And for men, it's a lot about emotional control, putting work first, pursuing status, and, and being aggressive and violent. You know, it kind mm. of... Those are things that are associated with you not feeling shame (laughs) so um if you control your emotions because emotions are shameful you know men shouldn't cry men shouldn't you know be sad about things men shouldn't love people men should just be about work and legacy and all that kind of stuff yeah it's it's very shame driven shame driven concepts and kind of appearances Mm -hmm. i'm I'm getting this really victorian uh imagery here Mm. of the the kind of Man, the colonial conqueror on one side, and what do they call it? The the angel of the home, or the the domestic angel, or something yeah. on the other side, yeah. with all of her corsets, so she can hardly breathe. And yeah, her, that's that's very much the image that these two things are giving me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're both terrible. Yeah, yeah. 
totally it. So, yeah, there are shame triggers is how Brody Brown describes the sort of circumstances that make our shame kind of pop up in us. And they're Mm -hmm. different for everybody, but they tend to map to certain areas in our lives. We actually covered a lot of these. They sort of touch on stuff that we covered in the values and valuing episode that we did in Mm -hmm. um, the first season if you want to go back and listen to that after this so it's things like society culture media family friends work shame will come up specifically in these areas to different degrees for different people so family for instance you know you you feel like you feel shame if you don't tidy your bedroom because you used to get in so much trouble as a kid with your you know with your mum small things like that to to the stuff about I should have a really stable career because my family depends on me. You know, yeah. it can be really small stuff that can well, k- or, kick us off, and then but really big things too. Yeah, or even if they don't depend on you, that like that was their expectation of you. Mm. That's what that's what they wanted for you, and then you're not meeting that expectation. Yeah, you're doing yeah. something different again. There should sort of expectation stuff yeah. coming in there. There's a lot of shame triggers in media with you know how are we supposed to look, what are we supposed to buy, how are we supposed to live, how much. Money are we supposed to spend on things? Have we got the newest stuff? Are we pursuing the right interests? Yeah. Are our interests cool? Exactly, yeah, the cool stuff. Like even, you know, just things like you don't want to say that you've got a deep abiding love for Miley Cyrus, which I (laughs) I don't, but, you know... If, if, if I did, I would be out there with it right now. Um, <laughs> the, you know, it's that kind of thing of like, if I say that out loud, then people will think I'm silly and awful. And so I won't. That's shame. Mm. Um, is people not just being able to embrace what they like because they're worried about how people will perceive that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of shame triggers are basically things that start making you say, uh, say should or feel like you're not good enough. And being not good enough is the sort of central feeling of, of mm. shame. And this kind of plays out in sort of three main ways, which I, when I learned about this, I found it incredibly interesting, both from like how I project my shame. Because when we feel shame, we want to do something with it because it's a horrible feeling and we need to get rid of it. And yeah. we get rid of it through what Brene Brown terms um, shame screens. Yeah. And yeah, when I saw my main mode in this, and there is kind of a mode in the three types but it's not, you will probably experience all three, project all three, but depending on where, who you're with, what the situation is. And I think people tend to have a sort of more underlying mode in one of them. Like it's more common. So the three are, she terms them away towards and against. Right. Away being about you feel shame, you withdraw, you hide, you silence yourself, you keep things secret you just kind of go a bit hermity and, you know, maybe something comes up in a conversation that you feel ashamed about. You'll just basically stop talking in that conversation and let other people carry on and, mm. and you'll just sit quietly and just think I'm not valid or if they hear what I've got to say, you know, they're not going to like it. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next Ugh. one towards, this is the big one for me, towards is about appeasing and pleasing. It's the kind of people pleasing thing. So you feel mm. shame with someone and all you want to do is get away from that feeling by making them feel better about themselves okay so it's a weird one Mm -hmm. um but like you feel like you're not worthy of their attention you're not good enough for them 
So mm. you're basically like buy them little presents, make them nice things, say some nice things about them. Mm. Not because that's, you know, maybe you genuinely do think that, but also as a way to look better in their eyes or you right. think that you're going to look better in their eyes. And I, because I experienced as a child quite a lot of bullying, this is a real thing for me of like, yeah. I would feel ashamed because I was excluded by the bullies and then I would try really hard to make them my friends. Yeah. Um, mm, which, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that was the one that was like, oh, I do that. Yeah, um, I, I've got a little bit of that one, but the away is the one that I think is right. really yeah, speaking to me so mm. far. Just, nope, I can't deal. Shut down, run away, hide. Yeah. Yep. And the third type of shame screen, the one thing that we throw up to combat our feeling of shame is um, against. And that's about gaining power over others, being aggressive and fighting shame with shame. So if you feel shamed, you're just going to shame someone right back. I kind of want to say like Donald Trump, but um, <laughs> this is a really, I mean, I because yeah. I talked earlier about the split between the shame manifestations in men and women. This is one that's more associated with male behavior. Right. Yeah. Um, the kind of aggressive, like getting into fights sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily because no. shaming back at someone doesn't have to be a physical kind of aggression it can be you know you can pick on anything and you know bullying is in itself and against shame screen like you know kids at school will bully to detract attention from them you know bad attention from them yeah Um, Yeah. so yeah it's kind of it's not something I really do although I'm sure I have probably in my life shamed someone back when I felt shame but it's definitely something I observe and this is the interesting thing is not just identifying what you are more likely to fall in and behaviour yourself, but that you can then see it happening in other people. Mm, yeah. And that, when you start seeing that, can be quite a powerful thing. Because, at the, you know, shame and insecurity have a huge overlap. They're not you know, yeah, completely yeah. the same, but there's a huge area of the middle of that bend. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of these sort of shame screen things when people are experiencing a sense of insecurity, which is a similar sort of, you know, it's just definitely associated with the shame. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of against tactics. And they're, they're not uncommon in, in very corporate work environments mm. um, as we're all trying to grapple to get better. And I saw a lot of this when I worked in corporate cultures. Yeah. was the kind of against-y stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't have to be physical violence. It's no, good, but no. it, it's a very sort of offensive way of. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons I think why. I mean, and, and and it's not always the most appropriate way to approach it, but why, you know, arguments on the internet go so wrong. Yep. Yeah. Is because one person makes somebody else feel shame, whether yeah. intentionally or yeah. not. Actually, mm. the initial statements or questions that that provoke the sense of shame may not have been intended to provoke shame but they do Mm. and then the person who experiences that shame Mm. if they either fight shame with shame or or respond in that aggressive way Mm. then you know the whole thing can escalate very very quickly because of that and at the core of it the thing they're fighting over is who gets to hold the shame yeah exactly yeah it's just like this horrible sort of icky bundle that no one wants to hold but Mm -hmm. it's like you know it becomes yeah the sort of hot potato in that situation of everyone's just passing it to each other because they're so desperate to expel that feeling that it turns into something else and really yeah what you need to do with it is treat it in a very different way which we're going to come on to later yes but we're going to take a little break now and then we'll be back with some specific stuff about shame and money and then what we can do about it My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. 
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before the ads, we were talking about shame, what it is, where it comes from, how it shows up, what we do with it. (laughs) Um, And now we're going to talk about it specifically about money, because that's what we're here for. Yeah, um, and I'm sure has Mar- Martha will have a lot to. Yeah, I, I've on been this. thinking about this because I've been thinking about the reactions that I would get when I was teaching about money, and you get a lot of pushback and resistance from people in uh, workshops because when you teach somebody things they could be doing better, they can feel shame about their past actions. Mm or about their current circumstances or feel like you're judging their current circumstances mm. because you're saying there's a different way that will make things better. Mm. And, you know, if if the way that somebody has been dealing with the shame of being in a, in a bad position with their money is to say that there was nothing I could have done about it, mm. if that was their way of bumping the shame out, then when you say, no, no, there are different actions that can be taken that will benefit you, that dumps all of the shame back onto them again. Yeah. And that's never been my intention Mm. it's only ever been about how can you just make things better Mm. but because you you know if you didn't know these techniques then you couldn't have implemented them therefore there is no nothing to feel Mm. shamed of yeah but it's very easy to go to a place of oh i should have known that or i should have been doing that for years which is again the should should, word which is the shame associated word yeah and so a lot of people would throw that back at me trying to argue with me trying to pick at what I was saying or, you know, being very defensive. Mm. And it it is really just about, you know, I'm experiencing shame in this moment and I don't like it. Mm. And so creating a space where people feel safe to have these conversations and won't feel shamed is such a vital part of that conversation Mm. around money. Mm. And again, going back to the discussion with Money A&E, you know, the way that they run their sessions Mm. is, again, in that financial education context, 
they do it really well using peers yeah. to teach because there's less shame in hearing yeah. from somebody who is your peer. Which is definitely something that we're going to come back to in a bit about the sort of mitigation of shame. Mm. It's the kind of the yeah, me as well mm-hmm. situation, yeah. which we'll come on to a little bit later. But yeah. um, we just want to sort of dash through some some examples of how the um, money shame might be showing up yeah, in people's lives to make it a bit more relatable and understandable. Mm. Um, because the thing about money and about human nature and shame <laughs> is that we can shame ourselves for having money or for not having money. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I live in London and I feel shame about the fact that I managed to live in the city and own on a mortgage my own home which these days is is such a difficult thing to do and I'm incredibly lucky but I do feel like Mm. quite ashamed sitting in situations talking about that and at the same time I also feel yeah which is silly because you know I'm very privileged to have that and and fortunate and but also I just feel very awkward about that and I feel like you know people won't want to hear that from me and suddenly I won't be like them if I talk about it because so many people are struggling with housing in the city but similarly I also feel ashamed of not earning a steady income and not always having enough money and sometimes being a bit well the money's not come through this month so I'm not going to do the things with you so I definitely feel it in my life and it's yeah it's like um, shame around things like yeah saying you can't afford social activities not checking your bank balance because Mm. you're worried about what it's going to say and you're going to feel that (laughs) I've weed myself all over feeling of like (gasps) oh gosh I must be a terrible (laughs) person because I've gone in the red again this month yeah the classic one with debts is just not opening envelopes. Right. Yeah. That's the the real classic manifestation yeah. of shame of debt shame. Yeah. Is when people stop stop opening yeah. their mail. And that's the away thing. That's yeah. just hiding from the problem, the kind of yeah. ostrich thing. Yeah. And then you might be from feeling shame, you might then, you know, do things like buy clothes you can't afford to maintain a certain appearance. Mm-hmm. Um because you, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say, you know what, I just I'm gonna stick with the, I look good in this. That you know, you don't yeah. feel like what you've got is adequate. Yeah. And a thing for me that I feel actually is like the feeling of not deserving stuff. Mm. Um I don't deserve a, a nice holiday or um, you know, I'm not gonna buy myself a nice thing because I I don't deserve it because I haven't worked. I'm not working hard enough I haven't earned Mm, enough mm, Um, mm. but people can do it you know down to really essential things like healthcare (laughs) like they don't you know they don't deserve to go and get the cold remedy that's going to make them feel better because you know well I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have you know gone running in the rain and then I wouldn't be able you know it's just that kind of yeah I think there's not even I mean it doesn't even necessarily the cause of the shame doesn't necessarily have to link directly to the denial Mm. the denial exists Mm kind of in balance to the shame, but they can manifest in completely different yeah. parts of your life. True. Yeah. So you could have money shame about your financial situation and not mm. being it not being as good as it should be. Mm. And you could be punishing yourself for that shame in some way by not buying a flu remedy. Mm. But actually if you rebalanced your budgeting, you could afford the flu remedy mm. and it would be good for you. Mm. But you're almost hurting yourself because you're ashamed. Right. Yeah, we talked about in this. In a completely different way. Yeah. Like you could still be buying things in other areas that right. you, that you, you mm. can afford. Yeah. So th- this kind of relates to some of the stuff we covered in the self-care episode at the very end of season one. Yeah. Where you kind of do things like that to sort of punish yourself because you deserve that punishment. You know, but actually you don't. And, yeah. you know, 
opening your mail, yeah. um, opening your bills, checking your bank balance, re- rejigging your finances is actually something that you do deserve because you deserve not to feel bad about it. Yes. And therefore, shame spiral. You you know, you, your finances are getting worse mm. because you feel bad about yourself mm. for not fixing your finances and you punish yourself for not doing it by yeah. not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's also in the procrastination episode as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like this is procrastination. The complex procrastination is full of shame stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is everywhere. This is why I found it so fundamentally useful as a concept. Because yes. Because it just Definitely. is in everything. And when you start yeah. seeing it, it's a bit shocking to start with, but then it becomes mm. a really useful way to mm. think through things. So, which is a good point to talk about, what are we going to do about it? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it exists. We feel it a lot. We've weed ourselves all over. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry I brought that up. I kind of glad though because it is quite amusing. Um, <laughs> we need we need to lighten this mood. Yeah. So what what can we do about shame? It's something that we can only mitigate. We can't get rid of it, which is right, a bit yeah. unfortunate. But again, if you don't have it, you're a psychopath. So that's the trade off. Yeah, and it, it is a. I mean, it's fundamentally about being able to get along with other people. Yeah. yeah. And so to some extent, we need it because we mm. need to care about what yeah. other people think about us. Exactly. To some extent. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, we're a psychopath. Yeah. We'll be a hateful person who yeah. just uses other people all the time. That yeah. makes sense. Yes. So the sort of ultimate mitigating thing for shame is empathy. Mm. Um, if we can give and receive empathy, it really kind of melts away shame. So mm. rather than trying to expel it through those three away towards against types of things, if we can kind of generate between people some empathy and some sense of connection then actually that sort of me as well as I mentioned earlier that feeling of it's Uh, it's somebody else understands me they don't think I'm terrible for what I've done for what I'm feeling for what's happened for who I am I'm enough so sort of developing empathy Brene Brown looks at it through three different actions one of them is is courage. So she's like, you have to basically be vulnerable and say how you feel about something. You have to speak up about, you know, I'm feeling ashamed right now or that thing makes me feel really uncomfortable or I feel like, you know, I don't deserve to do this thing, be this thing. You know, just saying mm-hmm. it is the start, this starting is the, point. Um, this is the premise of therapy, but it's also mm-hmm. the premise of various anonymous circles, your, your Narcotics Anonymous, mm, Gamblers yes. Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, all of those, yeah. you know, you, you're you speaking up and saying mm. the thing that you did yeah. as a first mm. step, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Not definitely. Set of steps. Because you can't do anything about it unless you kind of say that it's there. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just weighing all the time. You're just ignoring it all the time. And you've yeah. got like the ugly sticky bundle in your hand and you kind of just got to hold it a bit gently and say, well, here it is. Look yeah. at my ugly sticky bundle. <laughs> <laughs> Such a gross episode. It's, like, got, it's got really sort of t- body horror. Yeah, sorry. I feel that's like right. I feel like a Channel Five documentary. But it, it's no. That, that's the thing about shame is because because body shame is such an innate thing, and yeah, it's inevitable that the thing that we find shameful is the thing that we find disgusting. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. And therefore, if we're going to talk about it, we might as well talk about it in really disgusting terms. <laughs> yes, all friends here. Yeah. So the other kind of behaviour that you need to um, mitigate shame is compassion to yourself as well. So again, self-care episode that came up. And in the procrastination episode, we talked about 
um, yeah. self-compassion and towards others. So trying to understand their situation, how they might be feeling and being gentle with that and trying to be non-judgmental. And it's, I think it's easier to be less judgmental about other people than it is about ourselves, which is why it's really important to focus on yourself. Because it, basically, if you can't be a bit kind to yourself about something, then it's very likely you won't be kind to anybody else about that. I think that's a personality thing. And I think you can practice both ways mm. on that one. I think sometimes it is easier to be less judgmental about others. And sometimes it's yeah. easier to be less judgmental about yourself. I think it's a starting point for it is, yeah. is seeing how you are less judgmental about other people. But mm. to maintain that as a long term behavior, yeah. you have to get good at it about yourself. Yes. Because you yes. run out of energy to do it for other people. Yes, that's very true. So I think that's it's a true. good you way of learning. Out the practice yes yeah but you can't yeah. maintain it long term giving it all away to other people and being really unkind to yourself and so the third behavior that helps mitigate shame is is connections so forming connections and if you're you you know you're courageous about things you speak up about things you show compassion it's easier to build that kind of connection and so it's kind of finding mutual support finding someone who will understand you that you will understand that you can talk to about stuff that you can share experiences with and accept and you know, we can identify those people in our lives and we kind of often want more of them. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is, you know, to be able to mitigate the shame, it's important that you pick the right people yeah. who are going to come at you in that accepting, supportive, compassionate way when you own up to some of your deepest, darkest shames. Um, yeah. You need it to be the right person. So it's not like you can just walk into a room and just tell everyone how you feel because that's not gonna, <laughs> that's not going to go well. Well, that um, is essentially what <laughs> that's what we're doing right now we're doing yeah like, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what we're doing but so but we do this in the knowledge that we're going to get flack for it potentially. yeah yeah, that yeah people might not like what we have to say but what yeah. we really do it for is that even if it's just one person who feels better because somebody understood them the power of that kind of connection is huge and it you know it can turn i'm a terrible person into oh maybe i'm a little bit more normal than i thought mm -hmm. so yeah it's Forming those connections is really important, but you yeah. need to do it in the right way and you can't well, I, always I, just blurt out. Yeah, and I think the thing is that I don't know that we have a lot of expectation of connection with this mm. show. We have an expectation that we are being courageous and we're being compassionate, but we know that what we're doing is putting something into the world and so mm. the level of connection that's possible mm. is um, is limited. Yeah, we might not feel the connection, but I always think. Uh, what, I, I hope that I hope that people do feel some connection yeah, with us. And yeah, I hope exactly. That, yeah, that that people get that from us and feel supported by what we're doing here. But I think also, yeah, we are realistic about the hmm. level of connection that's possible when you just put something into the world. I think about that. Um, I'm going to get this quote wrong because I never remember quotes properly. But it's an Alan Bennett thing where he's talking about his writing and mm. what he he sort of um, likes about reading himself and about, you know, finds important about writing is that moment where it feels like someone's reached out and held your hand. Nice. And that's what I kind of think about, you know, yeah. although we may never know that <laughs> who's actually listened to it and taken anything from it, yeah. that, that somebody may have that feeling of like, oh, I'm not so alone. Yeah, I um, hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Please um, do let us know if, yeah. if you are feeling more connected. Yeah, because you've of what got we've anything done here. from it. Yeah, yeah, we would love to hear about it. Mm. It'd be great. We do occasionally hear back from people, and they have been lovely. <laughs> so, yeah, we have. Yeah, had, yeah we have actually. Yeah. Just this week. Yeah, oh, I sent you one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, connect people. <laughs> we want to hear. It'd be great. So. Yes, if we've looked at courage, compassion and connection to mitigate our shame, mm -hmm. how can we do this specifically about money? 
to help us deal with our money, Shane. So the courage angle. This is a lot about gathering knowledge, opening yourself up to the knowledge, opening the letter that you don't want to. That's a very courageous act, but it's a kind of necessary one to get anywhere else. Because uh, shame sort of lives in this ambiguous space where you don't really know. Yeah. And that's a it's a space where we kind of want to stay with money, even though it's incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about that a little bit before when we were planning this episode, I thought about shame being like um, the monster in the horror movie. Mm. Like there's a saying in horror movies that you don't show the monster mm. or you don't show the monster till the end because what you're imagining is a lot more scary than whatever the VFX yeah. can actually create. Yeah. And and I think that's true with shame a lot of the time. The shame is not necessarily mm. in the reality. The shame is in how bad you imagine it getting. Mm. Yeah, so taking the leap to open the letters to look at your bank balance, to sketch out your first budget. And yeah, there's a reframing, taking action as well as mm. um, changing things from should to can. Mm. So um, what is it that you want to do? You're feeling a lot of shoulds, but what is it that you can do? So mm. a should about, you know, I feel like I should have a budget. Well, maybe you could just make a budget for this week and see how that goes. Yep. Or start a budget and you're going to write sort of five expenses in and then you're going to come back a few days later. And thinking that you can't, you know, you don't have to do it all at once. I, I was thinking in terms of the courage side of things just now, I was thinking about some of the debt advice forums and things that exist. So mm. in the UK, that would be things like the debt-free wannabe forum on Money Saving Expert. Mm -hmm. um, internationally, I'm not sure what, what else exists, but just reading other people's yeah. money blogs yeah. a little bit and seeing the courage that they have yes. shown yeah. in talking about their stories might give you the courage to then step up. Mm, definitely. Same That's thing with with looking at some of the research that some of the debt advice organisations have done about how many people they talk to every year. You know, you're going to see if they're talking to that many people every year, mm. there's a lot of people mm. who are in debt, mm. you know, so you can build some courage mm. by just looking at the numbers of actually how many people are there being helped with this issue and yeah. what are other people's stories around it. Exactly. And then, you know, following that, so you've maybe had a go at your budget, you've looked at your bank balance, that's where the compassion comes in. So you, you've done it, you were really brave, be kind to yourself about that. You've had a go, you're making a start, you're making some inroads, be kind to yourself about that. And think about, you know, if you if you are hearing these voices of like criticising yourself, like where are they coming from? Mm. Is it really something that you're feeling yourself or it's like some voice of some person in the background that's that's just creeping in? And do you like and respect that voice? Is that actually a voice that you want to listen to? Yeah. Or is that a voice that comes from, you know, yeah, you're bully at school or like the yeah some smarmy neighbor do you do you actually really care about that person's opinion do they have your best interests at heart exactly and then maybe you can use your own voice voice to just silence it yeah and as a part of compassion like do what you can change what you can and kind of just accept what you can't you've made mistakes in the past you probably could have done this sooner we all could have done but we're doing it now so that's mm -hmm. the main thing and to kind of just let go and we've talked about this previously, but like congratulate yourself on small, even yeah. small wins, because some of them are really hard earned. Yes. So. <laughs> Very true. Yes. Yeah. 
very true. And on the connection front with money, find your people. Um, find the people that you can talk to about money. Mm. We did previously, I can't remember which episode it was, now talk about buddies. I yes. think it was during the bud- budgeting episode, maybe. In we series did, yeah. One. yeah. We talked about finding buddies that maybe you can kind of stay accountable with, but also can be like, oh, I did this thing and I felt really awkward about it. And they'll go, yeah, I've done that before. Um, <laughs> and, you know, find the people that you can trust to give you some decent advice. It doesn't have to be professionals. It could be, but it could also be just friends who you've, you know, discover from talking openly with them that they're they're quite good at their own budgeting or they've tried a few things and this worked for them. Yeah. And maybe you'll take their advice in future. And one thing as well is if, if some of your shame voices are about, I can't afford this, I can't say no to this friend, this friend wants me to go on holiday with them and I know it's going to be really expensive because they love fancy restaurants. It could be that sometimes you just need to let them go as friends and that the the pain of voicing like I can't afford to do these things it's not my kind of lifestyle maybe they'll be the kind of go oh right well that's cool we can just go to cinema instead or they might just be kind of pulling you into a world that's not the right one for you yeah it doesn't mean that you always have to get rid of somebody completely although (laughs) when you think about it it might be that you do identify some people that you thought were friends and in actual fact yeah you're more of an accessory Mm. to them than you are a friend Mm. and you can only be friends contingent on your living up to some very shallow appearance-based model for them. Mm. But it might be that, yeah, when you think about it, actually, you're trying to live up to something for somebody, Mm. but they don't really care about that. And and you can reform a friendship in a way that is more fitted to your budget and your lifestyle. Yeah, because when you bring it back to how do I feel connected to this person, yes, you can actually get to the core of things that really matter. And if we could all drop this sort of pretense that makes us all feel so weird and ashamed, (laughs) then actually we would all probably get on a lot better. We'd all just be more honest. Yeah. Then it would be a slightly happier place, I reckon. Yeah, I like that. You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give, the happier we get. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Squanderlust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London, with production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon King, Tom Berry and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.